Hey, welcome to Medical Stuff. My name is Mark. I don't think you're right that uh, touching myself incessantly is a deviation, Frankum, and that is Chris. Hey. Okay, dude, greater than 14 hours a day is definitely a problem. Finkson, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. And everybody, welcome to EMS 2020. Uh, this, no, no, oh, no, no, sorry, no, Chris, sit, what, Chris, what? Chris, no, no, Mark. This is Mark. Mar oh, not, fuck. I'm sorry. Friends. Yeah, it's, it's that show. But hey. <laughs> In case you guys were looking to hear more of Chris and a little bit more of Spencer. <laughs> I don't think they can hear more, Chris. <laughs> uh, we're going to be posting a new episode of EMS 2020 where we talk about someone who drowns and a paramedic who drowns as well. Uh, but anyway, uh, figuratively drowns the paramedic patient totally just drowned down. But anyway, uh, moving on. We used to do that. We used to do that regularly on codes. Yeah. Just drown as a paramedic. No, no, no. We drown the patient. Oh, yeah. Whoops. Because you would, uh, you give your first round of drugs down the tube. Mm -hmm. So for asystole and PDA, oh, yeah. Yeah. you were given double, and you gave double doses. So you gave, you drew up a one milligram, a one to 1,000 into one to one, one to 10,000 epi. So you only gave 11 milligrams there. Yeah. Or 11 cc's, I mean. Um, but you gave atropine also. Yeah. Which came in a one to 10,000 concentration. Jesus Christ. So well, you're given 31 milligrams of, uh, of drugs down the tube, or 31 cc's of uh, fluid down the tube. So when to Mark bag says into the lungs, when Mark says down the tube, yeah, he's talking about an endotracheal tube. That's just a tube, like he just said, it goes down to the lungs, and yeah. and you will. And here's the thing: drugs will absorb through the membrane. That's that's why smoking mm -hmm. marijuana works, you know. But um, <laughs> what? Yeah, I I know, I know. Smoking Wait, how did. Marijuana does, cigarettes, Mark. It's a problem sweeping the nation. Yeah, but what, the, what does that have to do with fluids? Well, no, I, how I are just you, how are you smoking your marijuana cigarette? No, no, no. Don't you inhale the bong <laughs> water? Isn't that how that works? <laughs> so, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. What I was saying, what I said was that drugs will absorb through the lungs. That's oh, why smoking got it, got marijuana got it, got works. It, got it, got it, got it. Okay, I was thinking, I was thinking more of the water side of it than the drug side of it. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is just going around drowning in people's bong water. Just. No wonder it never really caught on with me. I tried it a few times in high school. I was like, well, this isn't for me. I just get waterboarded every time. It's, who likes this? This is this is bizarre. Yeah, I'm not really getting that high off of it. Jeez. Oh, Jesus. I just cough a lot. I'm getting Pure pneumonia. Too. I'm getting pneumonia. Uh, but yeah, dude, today we're talking about... Uh, and here's the best part. So... I started this. So Mark and I uh, pull back the curtain here. We actually do this remotely in in spite of our amazing audio quality. Well, just a second, just a second. We're not going like out into the woods to record it. We're <laughs> at two separate locations. No, no, no. We're on the woods. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, but I, I called Mark. Uh, what was the song I was singing? Fooled around and fell in love. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, fool. And he goes, oh, so you saw the show prep. And I'm like, what? No. Uh, and it turns out, <laughs> then I look down and the, the show prep is titled Sexual Deviations. <laughs> so let's talk about sexual deviations. Sexual being things you do with your genitals and deviations being not the norm. So... <laughs> I'm going to start it off Perf. by talking about one that I like. I'm kidding. Well, uh, actually, actually, this first this first one is more of an overview of definition of paraphilias. Yeah. So, so uh, paraphilia, by the way, para means uh, near or around, and uh, like paramedic, for example, or near a doctor, I guess. Uh, was it? Was it? I read it was Greek for it was like odd or something like that. Or no, fuck if I know. Um, <laughs> that's helpful. 
you come here to learn. And my answer is fuck final moving on. Uh, and philias are things you like, you know, like, uh, cause hemophilia would be the, the way wrong example of that. And I don't want to talk about pedophilia either. Uh, necrophilia, for example, if you're a necrophiliac, then you like having sex with dead things. Uh, so oh, paraphilias yeah. are things adjacent to things you like, I guess. So the definition, by the way, paraphilias definition, deviant sexual actions, uh, and they are called deviant because they interfere with mutual sexual satisfaction, such as a transvestite who can only be aroused by wearing the clothing of preference. Being a transvestite isn't deviant, but not being able to enjoy a mutual sexual experience without clothes may be. Another example uh, is coercive activity like pedophilia or sexual sadism. Uh, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah, which is ugh. Uh, uh, Sexual so, sadism. I decided to not do pedophilia just because, <clears throat> I don't know, it just didn't that, feel right. That'd be hard to get through. Uh, we, yeah. we, we know what it is and it's fucking disgusting and it's... And as two dads, like we're just it's just gonna be us getting angry at the microphones. Yeah. Um, so diagnosis of paraphilia is done through uh, one of three methods. So first there's self-reporting. Self-reporting of deviations uh, or the information uh, becomes apparent through careful questioning. A positive like, uh, with a with a counselor or something like that. Yeah. A positive phallometric test, a measurement of blood flow to the penis, uh, a measurement of arousal with the use of a penile plethysmography, plethysmography, mm -hmm. sure, uh, which measures the circumference of the penis with a mercury rubber uh, or electromechanical strain gauge. And the most common use stimuli is erotic films. There so is something, something, something I read. <clears throat> yeah. Is uh, the scale that they use are actually, it's done in chubs or there, a chub. What? And it's, it's done in a chub. Oh. Right. And it stands for, I never knew this when you people, oh man, I got a half chub from that. And it's quarter, half, and full chub are the three. And it actually is an acronym. Did you know that? Chub is an acronym for calculated human oh. urges and behavior. What, what what is it? sorry what what does chub stand for? Calculated uh, uh, calculation of human urges and behaviors. Did not know that. I just figured it like a chub was just like a chubby dick. Like that's like oh. your dick's getting bigger. Wow, no, I made that up. I made that up. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, you had me. Like yeah, <laughs> nice. I seriously okay. If we had, if, if if I had done that and it was like you and I talking. You know, at the creek or something like that. I totally wouldn't have told you. I would let you walk around telling people that oh, yeah. bullshit for like uh, a week. The creek, by the way, is the headquarters for the place that uh, Mark and I work. Right. So, um, but uh, you know. Anyway, I would have totally let you walk around telling people that for like a week before I told you the truth. So, but I didn't feel it was right to do it on the podcast and let other people do it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, so basically, there's a machine that uh, measures your erection. There's also a corresponding device for women, by the way. It's called a vaginal uh, photoplasma graph i nailed that one um and then they show you they basically show you porn of different types and see what the machine measures so and then of course the other way that it can be diagnosed is if it's observed or actually engaging in this behavior in which case it's obviously there so let's kind of dig and do some types mark take it away uh, so the first one is uh, voyeurism, which is a non-consensual viewing of people engaged in sexual, sexual activity, being nude, or disrobing, causing sexual arousal, and this must persist for at least six months. Now, 
the six-month time frame for these uh, disorders is actually fairly common. We're going to see it a bunch of times during this podcast. Um, there is a subset of this group that uh, want to watch people defecate or urinate, or they want to listen to erotic conversations without mm. the other people knowing. Uh uh, the person usually will masturbate or have sexual fantasies while engaging in this behavior, but are not interested in physical, sexual uh, activities with the observed person. Okay, gotcha. Males are more here's likely sh- to. Yeah. yeah, shocker, huh? <laughs> you really, I, I do these types of shows. God damn. And uh, I'm like, man, we are pieces of shit as a, as a gender. <laughs> And uh, mm. and in most locations or locales, ooh, locales, ooh. Uh, the person needs to be over eighteen for it to be considered a criminal act. So the, per- the person pay- viewing needs to be over eighteen. The voyeur, yes. Gotcha. Okay, copy that. So hey, seventeen and a half. Just there you go. Be be down with your bad. Be, I'm kidding. Just, Don't. I'm assuming this has to do with the fact that like young people are still kind of finding their way sexually. <laughs> right. So, That's true. But then again, you have to engage in this. It has to be uh, at least six months long. So you've been doing it for six months, you know, and um, a lot of these disorders will also depend on whether or not the uh, disorder is, in, is interfering with normal urges or normal interactions with other human beings. So now the opposite of that is exhibitionism. This is the need to expose your genitals, usually to an unsuspecting stranger, and become sexually excited while doing it. That'd be uh, hard to do. Jesus. Depends how cold it is that day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, actual sexual contact is almost never sought, uh, but the victims are usually women and children. So that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, most offenders are married, but the marriage is often troubled. Yeah, I would say. Uh, about 30% of sex offenders who are arrested are exhibitionists, or as the way I typed it, exhibitionists. <laughs> I think that's more accurate. Sure. Um, so from here on out, it's going to be exhibitionist slash exhibitionist. <laughs> and uh, upwards of 50% of those people are rearrested. So this is a behavior that is very hard for them to control. <laughs> hard. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny. You know, there, are victims, there are victims in this. It's not funny. <laughs> Our uh, listenership knows us. They okay. know what's, you know. Uh, women are rare as exhibitionists, and the belief is because uh, women have more venues for being able to expose themselves, such as dressing provocatively or appearing in, appearing in various medias or entertainment ve- venues. As we know, there's a much bigger audience for women exposing themselves than there is for men exposing themselves. That's why you have <clears throat> plenty of uh, adult, uh, well, uh, strip clubs, whereas you know the for for to see naked women, but the men one is going around the country because they don't have an actual place to do. <laughs> they huh. have to travel to. They have to travel to get enough. Interesting uh, concept there. Yeah. Uh, there is a subcategory of people who want to watch, uh, want to be watched while engaging in sexual acts. No. Uh, such, such people want to be witnessed by consenting adults, which I also learned this term in the Urban Dictionary is called dogging. Oh. Hmm. Which is where people will go out to car, uh, parking lots and meet up and watch each other have sex. Oh, wow. In. Yeah, but that is consensual. It's just illegal because you're doing it in a public place. 
Oh, gotcha. Dogging sounds very British to me. I <laughs> but I will say that when I do research for the podcast, this I is just at times become become very concerned that my browser history could be used against me at some oh, point. Oh, bullshit. This is just like you're going through <laughs> Pornhub and writing down what you see. I'm like, I'm going to make a podcast out of this. What yeah, category? Like, he's one of these just a category at this point. Like, it's. <laughs> well, no, because, in, uh, I mean, yes, there is a category for these things, but most of this stuff is uh, non consensual. So. Uh, although we were talking about that uh, device that measures reaction, and I'm like, what if the person's turn on is like snuff porn? <laughs> then that's an illegal form of pornography. Well, we got to shoot the nurse. <laughs> Come here. Yeah. <laughs> or you're the guy who goes and gets the, the the video from somewhere and gets pulled over by the cops on the way back. And he's like, it's in the box. <laughs> What's in the box? Uh, nothing, uh, officer. Why do you ask? Uh, also, people with this form of exhibitionism, exhibitionism, exhibitionism uh, which is the um, wanting to be watched, are commonly found in the porn industry or as adult entertainers. Not everybody, but if you do have this uh, desire to be watched having sex, that isn't an easy and profitable to some level, um, depending on a lot of factors, but way of doing it without having to actually commit crimes. There you go. Uh, so, frontierism. So, frontierism so is the. Oh God. Uh, I looked this word up recently. <laughs> I got to tell you why. I would. I'm not going to say. No, which, no, 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 no. Leave it there. No, no, no. I, 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 I have to because it gets better. Um, I'm not going to say exactly. God, I got to, how do I word this? But it has to be said. How about this? I have several certifications under my name. Uh, so does Mark. So does any paramedic. And I recently had to obtain an additional certification. This is the same certification I carry in one state, but I need to go carry it in another state as well. And on the questionnaire, it asked a litany of things. If I had ever engaged in the following and it was a list oh. and frontierism was on there. I'm like, well, I got to Google that. And I found what you're about to write, which is so bizarre because it's just like a very like everything else is fairly general, like sexual harassment, uh, you know, right. and, you know, like that kind of stuff. And then there's like frontierism. And then moving on that that's a policy somewhere that has a name attached to it. That's somewhere that is mm -hmm. like the Paul policy. I'm sorry if your name is Paul, but still like that. <laughs> that happened like some. Some healthcare professional, it's a general certification that spans uh, multiple uh, professions. And some, there's right. some healthcare professional that got caught doing this. And basically what it is, is it's the interest well, in rubbing. My question, my quick question is, what, hap what happened that made them put it on the list? That's exactly what I was just saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Like, who <laughs> fucking, like, Jesus Christ. So here's the thing. Frontierism is the interest in rubbing the genital area that... <clears throat> is the interest in rubbing the genital area, usually with an erect penis. The offender is known as a frotteur. And by the way, it's rubbing it against like other people. So this is not mm -hmm. the same as toucherism, which is often the desire to grab or rub against an unsuspecting person. Uh, oh, and also, it's not just necessarily rubbing against other people. It's rubbing against unsuspecting and non-consensual other people. Right. Uh, whether, yeah. Uh, there is some discussion uh, of this, of, of uh, tetraism being... You were, getting ready, you were getting ready to find tetraism before it jumped in. Okay. 
So this is not the same as toucherism, which is the desire to grab a rope against an unsuspecting person uh, by either their genitals, breast, or buttocks. This uh, there is some discussion over that being a subcategory of uh, fraudism. So diagnosis is the actions uh, lasting at least six months and having reoccurring and interarousal from rubbing against a non-consenting person and manifesting fantasies and urges. And the committing of these acts uh, cause a clinically significant uh, cause a clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important functions. Numbers are not truly known, BT dubs, but speculation is that these disorders are prevalent among about thirty percent of the male population, and is usually yeah. male and female contacts. Jesus Christ, a third. It's usually male, yeah, male, male, male on female act. Yeah. But there is a small percentage of female and male, female and female and male and male. Really, 30% of the male population rubs their junk against other people. That's what I saw multiple times. That's what they're... they're and, now, I mean, and now remember, this is a speculative number. This is not a hard and fast, hey, because they... And they even say, we truly don't know the numbers. Yeah. Because... But take that with upon, a grain of salt, people. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But that is the number and, and, and we they, found. And they don't, they don't put any gradients on that. Okay. You know, I mean, is it the guy who's dry humping uh, somebody you know in the middle of a middle of a room? Is that what we're talking about, or is it <clears throat> casual rubbing your junk against somebody's hand in an elevator? I mean, what's what's the great? I mean, they're both abhorrent, but you know, one is more aggressive than the other. So is this no the U.S.? Real... Is it the world? I mean, it's hard to say. Right. So, uh, yeah. right. Wow. Just so you know, there's not a there, we don't have a whole lot left here. So. <laughs> well, it's okay though. We've been yeah. Well. Well, let's talk about some sexual sadism. Why not? So the condition, uh, this is the condition of experiencing sexual arousal in the response to the, ex- to the extreme pain, suffering, or suffering of humiliation of others. And uh, that act is, are usually on an, on, not, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> are you, are you good? <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'm just going to fall off my chair and call it good. Okay. Um, these acts are usually uh, put upon people that are non-consenting. Yeah. So, Gross. Uh, again, we're going to talk a little bit of a difference about, about sadism and mach- uh, sexual sadism and sexual masochism versus the BDS community and uh, the DOM sub-community here in a minute. Um, this is different from situations where consulting consul- uh, consenting adults – Use mild consulting. Hey, I was wondering. <laughs> exactly. Could you use some advice <laughs> on my 401k and investing? Thank you. <laughs> oh, I see on TV today. I was like, I got to bring up with Chris. It's completely off subject. Oh, I was watching a new show on Netflix. It's not a new show. It's actually a couple of years old. Outback Truckers. <laughs> oh, God. Of course. But they... It, it's it's entertaining to watch. The last season's a little a uh, little rough just because the narrator is exceptionally dramatic. But um, they were driving down a, a mountain hill like out of a forest, and there was moss on the ground, and it was as slick as as slick as black ice. Wow! Oh God! Yeah. I, sorry, something just hurt right there. I, I got like <laughs> I got like chest pain. I think. <laughs> Oh, remind me, I got I got a couple calls I want to talk about after the after we get done with all this kind of stuff. Oh, all you know, this schmutz. The, we'll uh, after we're done recording, yeah. Right. Uh, no, before we're done, right. I think people will find interest in them. They're kind of cool. Sweet. Um, 
different from situations with between consenting. So there we go. There is also a condition called, and is also, uh, there is also a condition called paraphilic coercive disorder. This is not the same as sexual sadism, but is very similar. A difference in the, in the, in that the offender may inflict pain, threats of pain, uh, in order to gain compliance. But the infliction of pain or the threat of pain, uh, is not the ultimate goal, rather the person getting the person to be compliant. So the ultimate terms for paraphilic, uh, paraphilic coercive disorder is blastophilia or preferential rape. Uh, and the difference between sexual sadism and rape is that in most cases of rape, the sexual gratification is not the uh, desired effect. It's actually the domination or the bringing the person to compliance hmm. is actually is actually what turns the person on. It's not the actual sexual act. Oh, gotcha. So um, the sadomasoch- uh, the term sadomasochism is derived from the Marquis de Sade. Oh. Do you know about this? I did not. The, uh, the Marquis, I can't remember when he was alive but he was known to have a sex dungeon um he uh, was in i believe in france being a marquis but uh yeah he was known to have some very deviant sexual preferences and again not all of them were consensual with the people i mean because we were also in a society uh where there was a distinct uh, class difference and certain people really didn't have a choice oh god you know well, uh, he that was makes alive that worse. From, yeah. He was alive from 1814 until, oh, I'm sorry, from 1740 to 1814. So, and uh, so whenever I uh, like, I'm joking around about workout equipment, I always say it's from the Marquis de Sade line. <laughs> <laughs> get the gym. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, so, uh, uh, sadistic personality disorder does not actually refer to any sexual. This is a different disorder. Sadistic personality disorder uh, does not refer to any uh, actually refer to any sexual interest, and instead refers to a perverse, a pervasive di- disregard for the well-being of others. Uh, it's usually associated with a history of violence and criminality, which can include, but not limited to, sexual crimes. So gotcha. if you have a sadistic personality disorder, you just truly don't give a shit about the well-being of others. That's nice. That's sweet. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, so s- sexual masochism. Uh, so sexual masochism, that's the intentional participation in an activity that involves being beaten, humiliated, uh, bound, or otherwise abused uh, to reach sexual excitement. So whereas sexual sadism is the person... Doing the beating and binding, uh, sexual masochism is where you are the person uh, being beaten, and and again, and again the, uh, it's not the sex that turns them on; it's the beatings and the humiliation, humiliation, the binding. Right. That, so that's the definition between. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no. So, so again, the criteria for this is greater than six months. So it can't just be that one thing you tried that one time at a party, and the urges or fantasies are detrimental or impairing to your life. So the prevalence uh, from an Australian survey states that two point two percent amongst males and one point three percent amongst females are sexual masochists. There are two forms of the disorder, a preferred exclusive form where they will bind themselves, pierce their skin, self-apply electrical shocks and burn themselves. The other Which, involves a partner who may be a so, sexual. So, self-applying electrical, electrical shock, shocks by yourself is just a piss poor idea. Yeah, exactly. 
you get a contraction, <laughs> you're just hitting that button the entire time. That's not great. And I also believe that uh, autoerotic asphyxiation is a form of sexual masochism, solitary sexual masochism. Yeah. Uh, so the other involves a partner who may be a sexual sadist. Uh, so this can involve the same actions that we just mentioned and can also include flagellation, which I believe that's um, like a whip, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, being urinated or defecated on ugh, and being forced to cross dress. And this can contain a public component as well. Like, being forced to cross-dress in public or be on a leash in public, that kind of stuff. So right. uh, BDSM, that is a term for a subculture of individuals who willingly engage in consent in a consenting form of pain or humiliation. So this includes like the dom subculture that uh, Mark mentioned earlier, which is more of a relationship where a person is subservient. That's the sub uh, to the other person, which is the dominant or the dom. This usually includes components where the dom makes the decisions for the sub, uh, such as who you can talk to, what you can wear, where you can go. This level of control in these relationships is consensual and both parties are free to leave whenever they want. And there are some like preset limits, you know, you can tell me to do this, but not this sort of stuff. If either person is right. prevented from leaving, either through physical or emotional manipulation, that's an entirely different situation and is likely more than illegal and requires some help. Get right. help if you and are in that situation. Or help somebody who you believe is in that situation. Get, right. you know, find out if they are in a situation where they can't, they're not allowed to get out. And unfortunately, in those moments, the person truly believes that they can't leave even with help. With help. Right. And it's uh, very difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to make sure that we made a, a, a definite line <laughs> between sexual sadism and sexual masochism in the BDM, BDSM subculture. Right. There absolutely. may be some on the on the surface, there may be some similarities with you know what goes on, but the uh, intent behind it and the willingness of both people is dramatically different. So, and what I do you call? Who, so, what's the deviant behavior where you continually put shot glasses in your rectum? To get pain medicine from an ER because <laughs> I've met a man too many times that does that. Yeah, I haven't actually seen him in a long time. I'm assuming he got help. <laughs> that or he switched to wine glasses and it caused a bigger problem yeah, than I, he wanted to. If you're seeing, um, well, no, you'll probably just cut that out. So um, there's a video online. Or somebody does something similar. No, 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 I know this. I know. No, no. <laughs> Move it along. Move Have it along. we found a line for Chris? Uh, <laughs> now, nah, I think I'm going to leave this part in, but. Um, well, no, no, I'm just saying you, you really just you'd rather talk about black ice and talk about that video. Yep. Yep. Black ice. Oh, gosh, I hate black ice. You know, it's uh, invisible ice that just causes so many accidents. I'm right there with you, people. Oh, black ice. And I tell you what, if I don't get some coffee, I'm going to kill somebody. You know, it's. Uh... I will bring you a Dutch Brothers Mafia sticker for your for your truck. All right. I can't take it. Let's put a wine. In a, let's put a wine glass in a vagina. It's, I can't handle it. Or a light no, so, bulb. Um, so that's all I have. Oh, I have one last one last question about this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Which one do you more identify with? What? <laughs> of the subject we talked about tonight, of all these options that we gave you. Oh, do I, do I have to one pick one? <laughs> now, is that do I have to pick one or do I have to pick just one? 
<laughs> right. God. Uh, I'm just joking. You don't have to answer that question. I think we got enough uh, messages oh. over the Skittles over the Skittles story. We don't need any more. Yeah, I I can't answer. I don't. None of these are anything. I mean. I'm not saying I'm not was, adventurous. Was, I'm just saying <laughs> these are pretty far out there. Yeah. Most of them are borderline illegal. Some of them look like they'd come with some medical bills. Uh, yeah, I mean, not just borderline illegal. I mean, mm. fraudism, Voyeurism. Those are That's all done on unsuspecting people. At 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 least it will get you, uh, you know, a certain talking to from a judge. You know, I mean, if if you're doing it, or a, a very long conversation, or a very short conversation with HR at your uh, business, or a very long conversation uh, with someone named Bubba in a cell somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. Yes, so those are some sexual deviations that uh, we looked up that we thought would be very interesting. Uh, I don't have any more on this subject. Do you, Chris? No, I am all set, brother. Okay. Uh, so a couple calls I've had just recently. Okay. Which were, I, I thought were interesting. Oh, they're still in uh, practice. Uh, okay. After the whole squirrel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, not officially, but, you know, staffing's been... <laughs> <laughs> just walking around. around. Yeah, you know. Um, one was a, a true DKA. Oh, wow. Diabetic ketoacidosis. Yeah. Um, patient, uh, early 20s. Okay. Uh, father had had spoke to them the day before and then came over to, because he runs, a, he manages a business and there's an apartment above the business and this person lives in the apartment above the business. They don't work there. They're okay. Just, you know. And so he came by, went up and uh, checked on their child. He checked on his child and they were very altered. Uh, true. Stat- I mean, just, I mean, classic. We should record this for an episode. Kusmals. Oh, wow. Respirations. Uh, Kusmals respirations for those who haven't listened to our respiratory distress uh, episode. And if we put it in there, um, our deep rhythmic breathings. <sighs> and what you're trying to do is you're trying to blow off uh Acid. You're trying to get rid of the acid, the acidity in your body. Hmm. So uh, blood sugar, because initially I'm like early 20s, living above a business. Um, what are the chances it's drugged? It's drugs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, jaded, jaded paramedic Mark <laughs> immediately assumed drugs. You know, yeah, I mean, but, it, it, it's. I mean, in all fairness, man, that is a worthwhile avenue to explore. <laughs> It's it's uh it's like a, that was the house moment of that's like that's the highest percentage choice mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna go with the thing that's the highest percentage choice oh it's not that okay uh, blood sugar read high on two different glucometers because we carry two on a rig one in our kit and one on the bench and I wanted when I I checked it on scene from a finger and it read high and then when I started my line I just double checked it to make sure that the first CBG monitor, although a rare situation, wasn't misreading. So I didn't like show up at the hospital and they're like, yeah, dude, we got 110. <laughs> at least if I check it on two glucometers, I'm like, eh, hey, I have, you know. Uh, started a line, started giving fluid. Uh, got her to, or got them to the hospital. And I can't smell. Can you smell ketones? Mm, yeah. The, the fruity, almost like alcohol smell. Yeah, yeah, I cannot. I don't. The doctor uh, at the hospital stated that it was the strongest ketone smell he's ever smelled. 
and wow. estimated that her blood sugar was probably in the in the uh, wow uh, low to mid thousands thousand wow okay yeah. so so I called for I had uh, our training person like get a follow up. And I didn't understand any of it. It came from a residence stuff, and they were talking about anion gaps. And so, I mean, I showed it to my ex-wife, who's an RN and a very good RN, and she's like, I don't know what this last half means either. What so, the fuck this is? But yeah. I'm like, I just wanted to know where her final blood sugar was. <laughs> what was the actual number on it is what I'm going for. Oh, Jesus. Um, but I just thought that was a very interesting call. It is an interesting call. Something. It doesn't happen and a lot. It doesn't happen a whole lot, and especially since the person has no history of diabetes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. So, yeah, yeah this is wow. just new that is, onset. I mean, they, they probably have a history of diabetes now, but. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Interdestined. Because the other, the other time I've seen a true DKA, the person did was a very, I ran on him like three or four times, and he was a very brittle diabetic. Mm. And the first time I ran on him, um, this was back in Oklahoma. Uh, oh, which did you ever use? Oklahoma. <laughs> Did you ever use chem strips for checking blood sugar? No, I didn't. But my dad did. My dad's super <laughs> old like you. <laughs> so chem strips were just a little uh, strip. Yeah. Uh, if anybody's ever seen like a urine dipstick, it looks like that. It's not as complex. has two little pads. You'd start your IV. You'd put a drop of blood on each pad. You'd wait a minute. You'd dab it off. You'd wait another minute. And then on the side of the bottle, they were two different colors. One was brown, one was beige on the two pads. And you would find the two colors that matched <laughs> to give you a range of the person's blood sugar. Yeah. Wow. Like old yeah. pH strips. Yeah. And uh, when I did his, I started a line. I started running in fluid. I dabbed it off at a minute and it was black. Oh, Wow. I don't think yeah. black's on this because I've seen chem strips. We learned chem yeah. strips in school. It's it's versions of blue and beige. <laughs> yeah. And so I actually had, again, I had my partner run out to the rig real quick while I was getting some stuff done and grab our spare bottle of chem strips just to make sure I didn't have a bad bottle. Yeah. And, no, that's fair. And rechecked it. And it's same thing. I'm like, okay. And um, I called in and talked to the doc. And he's like, I want you to see how much fluid you can give him between now and when you get here. <laughs> oh, challenge accepted, dog. So, yeah, I gave him six liters of fluid and ran to the hospital. And the first thing he, he did when I started rehydrating him is he started urinating again. Well, good. That's, it's, I mean, that's to, what he needs to do. <laughs> he definitely needs to get rid of the fluid as fast as I can give it to him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, um, no. So, yeah, that's the only other time I've seen like a really true solid DKA. I've had yeah. patients that are going, they just don't going happen that often. No, they don't. Um, then the other call uh, was interesting in the fact that uh, went out as a PD code, pediatric cardiac arrest, mm -hmm. which is never good. No. Uh, some, might even say, some might even say that's bad. Yes. Um, reading the notes on the way there, uh, it's at least started out as a choking, but parents were now doing some CPR on the patient. Okay. Um as we pull up, we're first EMS on scene, and uh, there's a county sheriff already there. I go in, child is, he's got the child in the right lateral, or the right re uh, recovery position, right side recovery position, so the child's facing me as I come in the door. Child's awake. He looks oh. at me, he goes, he goes, I gave a bunch of back blows until that came out, and there's a pile of food on the floor. Wow. Goes, I walked in, the patient was blue. I tried to do a finger sweep. That didn't work. 
And so I rolled the child over on my arm and started giving back blows until I got food out. Wow. And, That's uh, a lot of food. They already had a bunch of food that came out. Right. Um, yeah, because the parents did some CPR and, and the child brought up a little bit, 13-month-old. Child brought up a little bit of it. And then, yeah, when he got there, the kid was circling. I mean, I truly believe the deputy probably saved that child's life. Yeah. Or at least averted a PD code. Oh, yeah. And so, had dad pick the baby up. Baby was perfectly fine. We got a refusal. No, I'm just kidding. We took the child to the hospital. Um, <laughs> but I, while they were getting some stuff and getting ready to leave, the child I mean, was interacting with mom all the way to the hospital. Ended up getting uh, admitted overnight for observation. But other than that, was perfectly okay. Shite. <laughs> so, I, I asked the deputy, I go, so how many back blows did you actually give? He's like, 500. Thir-. He's like, well, he's like, 30. <laughs> Like, wow. Excellent, man. He goes, I just kept going till I got a, when they told me what happened, I kept going till I got a response. But yeah, it was a decent size amount of food for a 13 month old. Wow. So, but go him yeah. though. I'm glad he did that yes. shit. It's probably say that kid's oh, like, no, absolutely. I called, I actually called his corporal or his uh, sergeant. Good. And I was like, dude, I want, I want to make sure you know about this because yeah. he made my life easy. I basically had to sit there and monitor the child to the, Made, all the way to the hospital. But, made your life easy yeah. and probably the kid's life possible. I mean, that's awesome work. Yeah. I mean, his definitive actions made the, made a huge difference. So, yeah, I want to make sure that, so, that his department knew about it so he could get some sort of recognition for it. Shit, so, yeah. So, well, yeah. Those have been uh, those have been some interesting calls I've been on lately. That uh, You know, and I, I, I prefer those calls over just like major trauma. Because you got to think more in these calls. And that's, that, yeah. and you and I have talked about this. Like, one of the great things about being a paramedic is, like, yeah, like the whole save lives bullshit, whatever. But um, you also, <laughs> you also get this detective part of it where you get to go out and you mm-hmm. put clues together and you got to come up with answers. And, like, it's a, it's a cool, like, puzzle solving thing to do. And, right. um, yeah, it's just, and it's so satisfying when you solve that puzzle and fix a problem. Like, that's just right. fucking awesome. Like, when you're just like, oh, yeah, and it turned or, out it was a blah, blah, blah overdose. So, I gave right. blah, 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 and now or, they're Or alive. you're at the hospital, and you're making report, and uh, one of the things you tell the doc makes them go, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> and you retell them, and they're like, oh, yeah, okay, well, hey. And then they it sends them, you know, you give them that piece of information that maybe not be something I would put together because of my le- education level. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something I learned in doc school. But, my favorite moment you know, ever you're, 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 was there was a nurse, very good nurse, actually. I, I love giving a report to the guy. But at one point I said, you know, like my layer of thought for this patient is dystonia because we had a patient who just had these really weird facial reactions. And, uh, and, and I even said like, but they're not on any in a certain category of medications that I admit I had to look up uh, in route to the ER because I didn't remember it off the top of my head. Um, but a certain category of medications, I'm like, gosh, and she's not on any of this category of medications, but it looks like a dystonic reaction to me. And it looks at me and he goes, well, you're really looking for zebras there, which by the way, in medicine, <laughs> what, what that what that means is that um, you're kind of looking for the strange thing and you probably need to like tone it down. So you see, you see hoof prints and you don't think horses. Yeah. You think zebras. And <laughs> so, zebras. which and he's kind of right. Cause dystonic reactions are very rare, but the problem is, is mm-hmm. that the only other thing that would make sense, the way she was acting would be Parkinson's. Um, 
but she didn't have a history of Parkinson's. She had a well-documented, she's an older lady and she's had this happen to her before and Parkinson's never came up. She's not on any medications for Parkinson's and I'm just like, yeah, like acute onset of Parkinson's. Yeah, probably not. Uh, and so Destoni's the only thing. And so he kind of made that comment that I came back in later and he goes, hey, Chris. I'm like, hey, what's up? He goes, dystonic reaction we gave benadryl she's great now i'm like awesome like the, the only thing that sucked is i didn't give the benadryl and fix it but right. anyway yeah you give uh, benadryl well, again for- again you were looking at a zebra you were just correct it was a zebra yeah you know which is yeah. great work but then you get that point where okay am i committed to this to the point that i'm willing to go down that treatment path without more information yeah well yeah. it was one of those things where her reactions like there were enough to annoy her but it wasn't like it wasn't like because something now here's the thing dystonic reactions by the way dystonic reactions are typically it's it's muscle spasms of the face and neck is the most common way dystonic reaction will will manifest right. but but it can be other muscles involved as well uh, and they can be severe enough to be severely painful um hers weren't and so it was kind of one of those things where it's like hey, i'm not gonna sit here and load her up on medications based on theories that i may have and because there's nothing there's nothing to gain at this point because she's talking to me she's just like yeah i don't know why this is happening it's happened before and otherwise she's fine she's not in any pain yeah. we're not doing pain control for her so it wasn't a big deal but yeah it's just kind of one of those it was awesome because like i kind of ran through all the clues that i had eliminated a bunch of things most of which i couldn't treat anyway like parkinson's um right but uh and then it was like ah, dystonia is the last thing i got and then later on it's like dude dystonia i'm like fuck yes so <laughs> anyway well that's all i got for tonight um okay to everyone out there just you know get down with your bad selves but do it legally and respectfully to other people and consensually yes yes absolutely so if you want to get a hold of us uh, we're on social media we're at uh on twitter at medical uh, medside stuff m-e-d-i lord m-e-d-s-i-d-e-s-t-u-f-f <laughs> we're also having a stroke currently <laughs> It's getting worse, man. It's getting worse. Um, we're on uh, Met- Good Lord. What's it called? The one with the pictures. Instagram. <laughs> the Instagram. Uh, <laughs> uh, Medical Stuff 52. And we're on Facebook at Medical Stuff. If you'd like to send us an email, that's the one with the letters. Uh, you can do so at medsidestuff at yahoo.com. Nailed it. <laughs> and until next time, this is a toast. toast. I'm kind of like that person that oversings. Kind of? Toast. <laughs>